It's the link up. It's Raina, Jasmine, and Lauren. The link up, the podcast created for the melanated millennials maneuvering our way through life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're trying. All of that. Y'all, we're still in LA, sunny California. The weather feels great. Perfect. I haven't even been to LA in like a year, which is crazy because I feel like at one point I was going to LA like. Once every couple. Month. No, seriously. It was either like once a month or every couple months I was in L.A. And literally, this is the first time I'm in L.A. for like 2019. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same for me? This is know. my first time here for 2019. I think it's the same for all of us because the last time we were all in L.A. it was together. Mm. No, I came I came back last fall. Oh. Yeah. Last time I was in L.A. I had food poisoning. Oh, yeah. And you were partying. I was still Sis in the club. Was what? In the club with us, with y'all, poisoned. this girl. Partying while poisoned. <laughs> Partying <Talking> about, while poisoned. <laughs> talking about relentless. Like, I did not let the party stop. When I tell you guys I was leaving the section to go throw up in the bathroom and then coming back and having a glass of champagne. This girl's crazy. Raina is not human. I don't think we've ever discussed <laughs> this, but now you guys actually get to hear it. Because it just doesn't make any sense. Who else would be in the club, in the section with us, drinking champagne while she actively has food poisoning? <laughs> actively. Keyword. It was one of our friends' birthday, and I was like, you know what? I'm here for the greater good. <laughs> the greater good I'm here for the fellowship. I'm going to stick it out. A ride or die. Was I was on some real ride or die stuff. I mean, a year later, I feel like I've gained like 10, 15 years to my life. I'm like a little older. Yeah. I was going to say like flashing back to that time. I don't think I could we do that here. again. I feel like we are now 50 and then we were 21. Like, Seriously. we are in just a totally different place. A totally different That's place, crazy. which is a great place, but still, I can't even party like I did a year ago. <laughs> it makes me happy because I was always the friend that would go home. You yes. always nap everywhere. And I, y'all know that. Like, there has been, I don't even, there's been countless number of times that I would be in Brooklyn and I would just be asleep and I would check on my Instagram timeline to see if y'all were I'm like, okay, they're still alive. <laughs> Next story, still out. Next story, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed now. Legit. Why are you acting like you would be in the house or something? We could be in the club and you will be asleep you don't in the corner. The in the section. You don't have to tell In the secrets. section on the Not. couch with her glass next to her. <laughs> I recently watched this video of Gail and Oprah, and they were um, quizzing them on like the latest lingo to see if they were up to date with it. And so oh, they cute. asked, I know, so cute. Biffles. They asked, right? <laughs> they asked Oprah if she knew what Jomo. And so she was like, no, 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 I don't know what Jomo meant. And I didn't either. And she was Me like, neither. I mean, literally, they just made that up. What does that mean? It stands for the joy of missing out. You know, there's FOMO. The fear of missing out. Yeah. And so Jomo is the joy of missing out. I have and a lot of Jomo. Yo, that- I went from, my life has gone from like FOMO to Jomo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please don't count me in. Like, I used to be like, for whatever, whenever, however, count me in till 8 in the morning, Raina. We used to roll. Oh, y'all were ridiculous. No, we used to roll. Now I'm like, oh, please don't. Please don't go. Please, please. Yeah. Please. Sometimes I'd be like, Wow. That was childish. (laughs) I would be like, no, I'm out of town and my friends are doing X, Y, and Z. 
I'm a child, but I still have those moments. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> let me let me stop acting like I'm so grown. Okay. I have FOMO still. Yeah. But I have recently started experiencing JOMO. Man, my JOMO is through the roof. It's crazy. I never thought that I would be this person, but... I'm shocked. I am Mrs. JOMO. Because usually like it's y'all making me feel bad. And right. now I That's feel like fact. I have someone on the island with me. I am on the island with you, sis. <laughs> I am definitely on the island. But y'all, let's get into our episode today. And obviously we have to start it off in the best way. And that is with our BBWA moment. Being Black in White America brought to you by none other than our ancestors. Siamese. Okay, opera. We appreciate that. Siamese. I just wanted to give (laughs) y'all a little taste of what I have coming up. I'm working on something. Okay. Everybody loves to say that. I'm working on something. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, what are you working on? That's really... When uh, ladies... If you are speaking to a man and he, you're like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, you know, I'm working on something. Turn around. Run. He has no <laughs> he's not working on anything, sis. Trust he's me. working on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Facts. I'm sorry, y'all. But BBWA. Okay, guys. Who has to, it? I do. I have to tell y'all about one of probably the most belittling experiences I have had as an attorney to date. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. So I was in juvenile court, and we had a judge that we don't typically have. And he was on the bench, and I was. Um, I told one of my coworkers, uh, I said, Mr. B, I'm going to go, I'm going to call this case up real quick. And he was like, okay, cool, go on. So, you know, I call a docket number, and I kind of, the the defendant didn't show up. So I just wanted to show that the defendant was properly served so we could proceed with the case and just move about our life mm-hmm. and on to the next. And so I, you know, introduced um, all the, like, the service, for uh, the sheriff return and um, postal verification and all that to the judge. And I just kind of said why well, I think we should be able to proceed with the case. And then my coworker then butts in. He just says a few things, and then I say a few other things. And I look at the judge, and the judge looks at him and goes, Okay, B, are you finished? Mm-hmm. I said, So then I look at myself. And I, I literally stopped, and I looked down at my body, and I mouthed, Am I invisible? <laughs> and then so I look wow. up to the court reporter who is an older white lady, and I see her mouthing to me, mm-hmm. you are not invisible. Yeah. I see you. And this judge completely... Thank you, sis, for looking out. Right. This judge completely disregarded my entire presence. Like, I had just completely ca- called up the case, did all this, did not even acknowledge that I was a breathing human. Right, right. And so um, after court was over, um, the court reporter walked up to me, And she was like, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time. And sometimes they think this is a man's world. And you know that when you get up there, you don't treat people like that. She was like, you're not invisible. I see you. That's Mm. crazy. And it was just, it was so crazy because here it is, 2019. Mm -hmm. And for somebody to not even acknowledge my presence, to act like I did not just give this him this whole spiel mm-hmm. to ignore me and to say to my coworker who said like two words, oh, do you have anything else to say? 
it was absolutely ridiculous. And it bothered the fuck out of me. I'm not even going to lie. Still, in 2019, we're dealing with this. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Isn't that so crazy? Invisible, huh? I'm confused. Right. And then I'm like, at first I was like, is it because, you know, is it because I'm black? Is it because I'm, you know, what is it? And I sat to the side and we have a public defender, um, in juvenile court, who is a younger black guy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he was hanging on to his every word. I was like, oh, so what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, do you not respect young black women as attorneys? Like, what, what's, what's your like thing? It. Yeah. But it's cool. That's crazy. Sorry that happened. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. People have always acted crazy, but people act extra crazy now. And I think that it's really because of, like, the political climate that mm-hmm. we live in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But what's so crazy is like, you know, this year we have local elections and then next year we have a few local elections in Louisiana. And but the big election is federal elections. Yeah. And, you know, it's just so much going on in this political climate. Brings us to our topic for today. Political Bay. I love it. Yeah. Let's be informed. (laughs) Let's be informed, ladies. (laughs) So political base Mm -hmm. what topics are most important to you guys in this upcoming presidential election for me i would say women black women and you know specifically health care and i would also say equality and pay for black women so I definitely subscribe to both those things obviously but I also think that the racial wealth gap as a whole it's just crazy. I was looking up the numbers. I've been like really paying attention to the debates and what everyone's saying and I mean the numbers are honestly shocking. Literally, the median black family today owns $3,600 in household wealth. Just to let y'all know what household wealth is, it's the sum total of what you own minus what you owe. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's like the economic buffer that prevents minor financial setbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, So we own $3,600. That's compared to the white household. The median white family owns $147,000. Wow. That's That's how big the difference is. Insane. So I need to know what these candidates are going to do to close that gap. Mm -hmm. That is like crazy. It's a gap that a lot of um, political analysts say that we will never be able to catch up. What are you going to do to at least offset? Right. Sheesh. Yeah. That's real. For me, mass incarceration is the biggest issue that I'm looking at um, as I listen to the Democratic candidates discuss their platforms. Mass incarceration is literally where my heart is. And so right now, according to the ACLU, one out of every three black boys born today can expect to go to prison based on our quote-unquote justice system today. Mm -hmm. One out of three? That's insane. That's crazy. So just in my experience with Minister Nat Angola, like my whole mind and heart has just been 
completely expanded as it relates to this topic. And I think that mass incarceration is one of the very pillar issues that affects all circles of life in our communities. So I need to hear what we're doing about that and how we're going to remedy that. And based on what everyone is saying right now, obviously we all have different issues that we're specifically interested in as it relates to this upcoming election. But what's clear is that we are concerned with issues that affect our community. And I think what's very um, significant in this upcoming election is that as Charlemagne has coined the term, there's this black agenda that is very real now more than ever as it relates to what candidates are standing on, right? And I think that, you know, even in, in the interview with Charlemagne back early earlier this summer with CNN, he was asked about Mayor Pete's platform and he responded by saying that he believes that all Democrats right now should be talking directly to black people. They need to have an agenda specifically for us, but also follow through once they get in in office. And so it's just very it's it's very interesting just hearing now how vocal and direct everyone wants to be about the black agenda and how necessary it is. So yeah, what's your black agenda? So I just want to start off by saying that I don't think that and I and I think that everyone across the board is on this that you cannot win the White House or the Democratic nominee without us, without our vote. But with that being said, turning to black agenda, I don't want to hear politicians talking about things in broad terms for us. Mm-hmm. I need specific plans. Mm-hmm. I need to know how you're going to end or put to a stop X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. What are you doing about affordable housing and the gaps in all these places that we are just so far marginalized from our white counterparts? I need to know specific plans. And I think that comes from us as a community being tired. Like, we've given so many different politicians so many different chances, Mm -hmm. and all we get are these, like, very general, vague, I'm going to help everyone type of thing. And I think what we used to do, we would let we would give people a pass because we think they would have a hard time getting elected if they were too vocal and too black. Right. And so we're going to trust them. We're going to they're telling us in these rooms that they're for us and they're going to help us when they get in office and we're going to believe them. We're going to vote for them. And then we vote for them. We put them in office and we see our communities in no way grow positively impacted by these different individuals. Mm -hmm. So now black people are like, I'm tired of these vague things that you're throwing out, these general concepts that you claim that you're going to do for my community. I want specifics. Not only do I want you to tell me specifically what you want to do to help us, I want you to tell me how you're going to get there. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting that you brought that up because even as we look at this election cycle in comparison to um, other election cycles, Now everyone is so vocal about the black agenda. Everyone wants to cling on to what Charlemagne has coined this black agenda. Whereas before it was like, hold on, we don't want to be too black Mm -hmm. or we don't want to be too direct about, you know, what we want to potentially do for the black community because no one wanted to be boxed in as like this black candidate. Mm -hmm. But now 
everybody's like, how black can I get? Mm-hmm. The current president that we have has created this world of hate. I mean, you need to talk about the black people. You need to talk about the minorities because we're being oppressed by the president every single day. Mm-hmm. Every Absolutely. single day. So the black agenda is at the forefront. In fact, like when I was doing some research about what voters are looking for the most, people are saying that they are so concerned with just overall racism. I mean, Mm -hmm. hate groups are on the rise. Mm -hmm. Look at the numbers. They are literally, for the fourth straight year, hate group growth has a 30% increase, roughly coinciding with Trump's campaign all the way through his presidency, following three consecutive years of decline at the end of the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. Hate groups are on the rise. We need to be talking about what are we going to do with these hate groups. I don't want to go to church and be shot. I don't want to go to the supermarket and die just because I'm in a supermarket with a Latino community and Donald Trump is over here talking about build the wall. I don't want to I don't want to die at the hands of hate. So the black agenda, all minority agendas need to be at the forefront because they're important. I think that you are absolutely right in that. My concern is that this black agenda is actually executed. And I think that as long as, you know, it's amazing to talk about the black agenda and anyone can get up on a platform and say, I am going to do X, Y, and Z, or I care for X, Y, and Z, I'm against X, Y, X, Y, and Z. But I'm just like, yes, 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 all for it. We do need the black agenda. Listen, I'm the first to say that, but make sure you keep that same energy when you get elected and when it's time for you to actually implement laws and policies and to make your moves and to sign these, you know, different laws into place and all the other things, like, just keep that same energy, bro, sis. Like, mm-hmm. we want to see you follow through. We want to return on our investment. Correct. Agree. And, I, you know, when I was doing research on this particular topic, I was looking at how, just how important um, different analysts have talked about just how important the v- black women are when it comes to voting. And we talked about basically how the success of a candidate, especially in the South, is really in the hands of black women. Mm. And when I was reading this article, it says that we stand out as one of the largest demographic groups for voter turnout. The U.S. um, Census reported that 55% of eligible black women vote or casted a ballot in the November 2018 election. And it says that's a full 6% above the national turnout. Wow. Glenda Carr, she's the founder of an organization that deals with keeping black women involved in different in policy and politics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She said that basically black women are looking for a return on their voter investment. They want to see that the people that they are putting in office are actually there for them. Exactly. And if they're not, when the election comes up again, you're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. And they're going to show you just how they feel about your behavior while you were in office. And that's why I think it's really important, like you said, keep that same energy. So there's a difference in pandering to a certain community and genuinely being focused on different plights of communities, Mm -hmm. right? You know, a lot of times we see politicians and people pander to a community and try to do uh, little things to seem cool, like uh, Hillary Clinton on The Breakfast Club, for example. Like, that was, like, right after Beyonce's Lemonade album, and she said that she kept hot sauce in her bag. And I was sick. (laughs) 
that's how I felt on my first therapy session. She was just trying to connect with me, and it was Don't disingenuous. Do <laughs> Don't do that. Like, we can see that. We are part of this community. We are black people. We can feel when you're just trying to say something. Yeah. Just to, to like, connect with us. Just to connect. And it's not genuine, and we're going to feel it. So stop it. Stop it. We are of different races. We're not going to ever connect on that level. What are you going to do for my people, me and my people? Because you want our vote. You want our vote. You don't just want to be our friend. You want us to vote for you and put you in an and put you in office. So what are you going to do for our community? Right. That's all we want to know. We don't want to know if you have hot sauce. Or like ribs or whatever stereotype or or any other stereotypical thing that you can slap on us. We don't care about that. We want to know what you're going to do to better our community. Absolutely. We are not impressed by your ability to scroll on the shade room. Not. Not it. (laughs) Not it, sis. But I want us... To keep that same energy, black women, and show up to the polls. And I want all black people to follow us. Follow your black queen's examples and get to the polls. Because the only way that our communities are going to get better is voting for the right person, showing up to the polls. We don't need another four years with that buffoon in office. Absolutely not. Or anyone similar to him being in office. You know, it's not... Sometimes we tend to think the presidential election is the most important, and it is very important, but just as the something that's just as important as the presidential election are your local elections. You need to get involved and you need to vote and you need to make your voices heard. If these candidates and these, uh, and these politicians are not listening to you, put someone in office who will. The best thing you can do is use your voter, your voting power, but you have to do it. You know why politicians continue to do the same thing and they don't change? Because they know that you're going to talk all day on social media. When the election comes up, you're going to stay at home. Yeah. I am really, really looking forward to this election. I think that we do have an opportunity to at least, at the very minimum, put in a better candidate than what we have in office today. So, a vacant position a would vacant be better than position, what we have right, right now. In office. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, that makes me very hopeful. Yeah, you know, and I know that one election may not change everything per se, mm-hmm. but it can at least be a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about previously, you know, we we're not looking for anything crazy. Right. We're not looking as as the black community. We're not looking for anything extra. We just want to be treated equally. That's it. We just want to be treated equally. We're not looking for anything additional or any type of favor, you know, but we want equality. And I think that's where people get confused. Right. Because when you look at what's just and what's equal, Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes it can look different, right? Yeah. Like the whole everybody, I feel like every black person grew up with their parents telling them to like the horse race story, right? Mm-hmm. Where if one horse is held back and then the other horses are allowed to run this race and then, you know, 10 minutes go by and they finally let the other horse go, that horse is going to constantly stay behind those other horses. For sure. And so technically, once that last horse is is let go, they're equally free, right? Yeah. But... 
when you look at the winners, would that be just, right? Because mm-hmm. one was held back for so much longer than the other horses. Right. And I think sometimes people say, oh, well, you want something extra. And we don't want anything extra. We're asking you to aid in some, in all these injustices that have been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, black people will never be able to recover the type of property ownership that white people have because we weren't allowed to buy property for so long. Right. You know, yeah. we will never be able to amass the amount of funds that white people will be that they have been able to collect over a time because we were not able we were property ourselves let alone being able to have something for ourselves and so we're not and we're not even asking for all that we're asking for fair and just opportunities Mm -hmm. I mean even going back to the 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 wealth gap white families earn 41 times more than us. And all the studies say that if something is not done, there's no chance of us ever catching up to that, mm-hmm. ever. Hmm. Like, there's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Because while the white families are getting richer, studies show that we, unfortunately, our black wealth is declining. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so h- how are we going to ever catch up if we're now on a decline? Right. So candidates, what are you going to do about that? Right. Yeah. What are you going to do about our failing school system? What like, are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about this prison pipeline? Right. Like, what What are you going to do about these different things that are affecting our communities? And we just want to be equal. Right. And we talked about gentrification and what it does to black business owners. Like, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about this? We need real answers. We don't need the pump fakes. Mm. We need real answers, real plans, real strategies. We want the real, you know, Mm -hmm. we're tired of being tossed around and played with and Mm -hmm. pandered, Mm -hmm. but not focused on and not, you know, just ignore, consistently ignored. When are y'all going to stop ignoring us? But 2020 provides a good opportunity for us to at least take a step in the right direction, guys. Everyone just see what's going on. Like, see what's going on. This is the year to, if you've never voted and you are able to vote, you're of age, you can do it. Please register because look at what is going on in your nation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are over 2,000 immigrants held at the border that were stripped and separated from their families. And those children are never going to be able to find potentially find their mom and dad ever again that's going on like right now you see that you see these things happening what are we going to do about fixing this problem right and it's so crazy because I feel like you know when we were in school and we learned about these extreme atrocities committed by other countries because you know we never talked about what America did to black people in school (laughs) um but the one thing that we would see was like the holocaust for example and we say oh my gosh that would never happen these days Mm -hmm. and somebody said it absolutely would and y'all would tweet about it right yeah and you wouldn't do anything about it and so this is our opportunity to do something about it but we can't just expect these politicians to just do the right thing we have to force them to do the right thing and our vote is the way to force them to do the right thing and like you said Raina if you're eligible to vote register to vote and if you're a former felon you need to check into your rights to vote because a lot of states after so many years are giving felons their um their ability to vote again. And so you need to research this because your vote matters. Regardless of if you are a billionaire or if you got two cents to your name, your vote is a vote. And for all the voter naysayers, just think about this. For all the people that feel like, you know, my vote doesn't count. 
for whatever reason, what I've always been taught is if it didn't count, why would they fight you so hard to not vote? Right? Like, if your vote absolutely did not count, yeah. why would they have all of these voter suppression practices? Mm-hmm. Why would they make us fight for years to even just become eligible to vote? Mm-hmm. Why are there hecklers at the polls? Right. Like, I personally know someone in the last local election in Brooklyn. His family went to go vote, and there was a heckler at the poll talking about go back to your country, you know, Donald Trump rhetoric. And they were so scared, and they left. Wow. Yeah. And they did not vote. And you hear these stories, like, on the news and on TV and even on shows, but this is a real-life scenario that mm-hmm. really happened to somebody that I know, someone's family that I know. Mm-hmm. So they could vote and they were just so turned off and scared by the basic white supremacist who was yelling at them saying that they're illegal and he's going to call ICE and immigration is going to come get them and they have legal papers and they were so scared that they left. That's so sad. If your vote didn't matter why are those people there? Right. And another thing I think that is important to check too is to make sure that you are still uh, validly registered because they are doing they do purge the voting List, like if you haven't voted for so long, mm. you may need to re-register. And some people don't realize that because, unfortunately, you have people that only vote in presidential elections. Yeah. And so you just want to, you don't know, I don't know, you know, state by state law. So you just want to make sure before it's too late that you're registered to be able to vote in the actual election. Because some states have it to where you have to be registered by a certain date to be able to be able to vote. That's good info. That's good info. Well, guys, I'm hopeful. I am too. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. And I will be at the polls in my local election and the presidential yes. election. Yes. Okay, catch me there. All elections catch are important. Me there. All elections are important. We hope to see you guys there too. Yes. I want these numbers. Like All right. I don't want to be watching TV election night and see our numbers low. Like that is to me that is it makes me so mad, especially when you hear about the plight of, you know, People not that far away from us, our grandparents Mm -hmm. or our great grandparents, people not being able to vote, people who are getting death threats by registering black people to vote. And now all you got to do is go online and register and you can't even do that. Don't disrespect your ancestors. Do not disrespect all of the things that our ancestors have fought for for us by saying, oh, my vote don't count. Don't do it. It's and, crazy. And then be so confused whenever our median household is 3,600 and the white people's is 147,000. Right. Don't it's be crazy. confused because you didn't stand up when you could. Right. Stand up. Today is the day. The time is now. And hold your friends accountable. I will. Okay. Yeah. If your friend ain't voting, check them. Whew. I'm sorry, y'all. This this will make me mad. It's just, are y'all I just voting? don't understand. I'm it. voting. This is me checking my friends. Are y'all voting? Voting every okay. time. Every right. time since I was 18. Yep. That don't run in my. I didn't grow up like that. <laughs> my okay. household said it is your civic duty. Okay. Your duty, bet. So with that being said, before it gets too heated in here, mm-hmm. let's shine a light on our good sis Stacey Abrams. Uh. Stacey Abrams, you guys know her. You guys have seen her. If you haven't, obviously you're living under a rock, but today is your day to get informed. (laughs) She is a politician, lawyer, and author 
who served in the Georgia House of Representatives from 2007 to 2017, served as minority leader from 2011 to 2017, and she was the party's 2018 Georgia governor election nominee. But she ended up losing. But I mean, oh, I was watching that election. I, was I know upset. everybody I was, was watching for because her. she Likewise. was the first Black female majority party governor nominee. Yeah, wow. and never to be done. And she should have been governor, but you know Georgia people raggedy. Oh, look, very. But the one they chose. You know, there was a lot of talks about her, like, getting on a presidential ticket or even running for president. But she said that after her election loss that that's not what she was going to focus on. Instead, she was going to start this new initiative called Fair Fight 2020. And basically, it it works with state parties in battleground states like Florida Mm -hmm. to basically closely monitor voter protection ahead Mm -hmm. of this next year's general election. And so that's what she's working on. She's trying to protect our vote, protect us. You know, she says that she's not on anyone's ticket now, but who knows? We might see her. Oh, we better see her. Everyone loves her. her. Yeah, Yeah. she has so much to give and so much to offer. I I know this is not the end for Stacey Abrams. She's a powerhouse for sure. She's fire. Bye, guys. See you guys later.